Looking for a vehicle that's environmentally friendly and fun? Look no further than the Ford Mustang Mach-E available now at Jim K. Ford. This electric car will have you laughing all the way to the bank with savings on gas and maintenance costs without giving up excitement and performance. And with zero emissions, you can finally breathe easy, literally. So if you want a car that's as exhilarating as it is eco-friendly, come down to Jim K. Ford today and take a spin in one of our Mach-E's today. Visit us online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up today, we'll talk about all the NHL news. The Stanley Cup final about to begin. We'll talk about some Sens things. DJ Smith future. Could Patrick Waugh be the next head coach of the Ottawa Senators? And you know what? If there's two guys or two teams, rather, that Sens fans hate the most it's the Leafs and the Penguins I think maybe be in the discussion anyway anyway they made some big bold moves in their front offices this week that's and much more coming up today here on the program my name is Steve Warren we appreciate you grabbing a coffee and spending a little time with us today I'm joined by the coach Greg Kennedy Greg how are you I'm very good Steven it's a lovely Saturday morning in the city and after what seems like too long a layoff the final Stanley Cup final starts tonight I can't yes. wait can't wait yes Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm thinking, I think we established this in one of our recent podcast episodes, but we're both on Florida. Is that right? Yeah. I, what, uh, as far as who I want to win or who I think is going to win? I, I, I'm not sure. Are you saying you want Florida to win? I don't know. I just don't have <laughs> any emotion for these teams. I really don't care who Same wins here. it exactly. I think Florida will win. Um, what I'm going to do, yeah, because uh, I'm told that uh, there is some opportunity to bet on the games. I don't know if no. anybody else out there has noticed it really uh, when they watch the games, but you know, with the 9,000 commercials in every episode, every show, uh, apparently I can put some money on one of the teams now and do so legally. So I may just do that to keep my interest level high. <laughs> can you make a bet during the game in competition I, 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 betting? It's possible. I mean, I, who, yeah. how, how could we know? <laughs> Some uh, some B level washed up actor doing doing commercials or some old retired athletes doing commercials are filling us in on everything. Yeah, if I were betting, I think I would bet on Vegas. Really? Yeah, hmm. I, I think so. I, I think so. Well, well, let me ask you this, Steve. You know, the, there's this term. It's called an ogwack. Are you familiar with an ogwack? I'm not. That's the old guy without a cup. Okay. For many, many years, it was Joe Thornton leading the way. He was the number one Ogwack, the guy that we most wanted to see get a cup. That might have been, you know, you could, you could argue it, but I think it's been passed now to Joe Pavelski. He's now the Ogwack king. Who's your who's your choice here? Who you, who you looking at thinking, it'll be cool to see X win a Stanley Cup? Well, I mean, just in general, probably Mark Stone would be the guy I most want to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, I think a lot of Sens fans would feel that way, but other others don't want that, and that you know they still feel a bit jilted because I think that there's varying opinions really as to why Mark Stone left town. You know, yeah, true. We we keep hearing that Stone wanted out, although it sounded like Pierre Dorian this week when he was talking on his many media stops that he wanted Mark Stone to stay, recommended to. Eugene Melnick that he should stay 
at an eight-year contract as the recommendation. And Eugene Melnick said, you know what? I don't think so. By the end of that contract, that's when we're going to start winning. And he's going to be running out of gas at that stage. So it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to spend all this money uh, for that. Not only that, but he'll probably, his money will not be able to be used somewhere else because this just in the sense are getting awfully close to the cap these days or will be soon. Oh, the, according to Pierre Dorian, they will, they are a cap team. They will be a cap team as early as, as, as this season. And if you right. sit down and look at the numbers and the math with what money they have left to spend, if you're going to sign to and you're going to sign uh, Pinto and Brandstrom, uh, there's really not a lot left over. So they, they are a cap team now. So I, yeah. I agree with that point that uh, the late Mr. Melnick made that by the time this team's good, Paying eight million dollars to Mark Stone is going to hurt us in other areas, and and it's it's going to be true. It's a it's it's a fact. Yeah, you still have Hamannick in there as well. So, and I think I think I read this week it was somewhere in the sixty five million dollar range just for the guys that are under contract right now before they've even signed all these other guys, and they haven't got a goalie yet. Necessarily. Yeah, seventeen million that that they have available right now. Right. And yeah, yeah. So, you, and you do have that other goalie. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, but back to the Stanley Cup, though. You're picking Florida? Yep. Okay. That's your heart and your dollars? Um, well, I don't care who wins the – so if I'm if, if my heart care. doesn't care, then I might as well go with who I think is going to win, and I think that's going to be Florida. So okay. that becomes my heart because that's where I'm going to bet my money. <laughs> okay. I'm on the We the North. Fair enough. Vegas, We the North. Fair enough. Yeah. I can live with that. How about this, uh, though? Did, did you realize that uh, – uh, Matthew Kachuk and uh, Mark Stone will both, of course, be in Brady's uh, wedding party this summer. Ooh, yeah that 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 might might uh, some things might come up there during the bachelor party. Yeah, well, I was I was thinking about that. You know that it is uh, the two people maybe that Brady Kachuk cares most about in the entire NHL: his brother and his landlord. All right, let's jump in here. I got to say the ownership stuff; it's coming fast and furious. Well, let's be honest, it's, you know, the whole thing is the ownership saga in Ottawa has just been this, this, this fog of speculation and rumors and here's what I'm hearing, this is what my source says, this source says this, and, and it's, it is getting a little tiresome, but some interesting names out there throwing some interesting things out there. Like, for example, Alan Walsh, longtime player agent, podcaster now, by the way, I mean, he threw something out that I thought was quite interesting in, uh, in that everybody likes Ryan Reynolds. Like everybody, I, I, I never did talk to one Sens fan who said, oh, I sure hope Ryan Reynolds doesn't come here. I hate that guy. Uh-huh. Everybody, to some degree, seemed to like the idea of Ryan Reynolds being involved with the team. And even if you like, don't like the actor, the, the welcome to Wrexham effect applied to the Ottawa Senators would have been really cool. Alan Walsh put on Twitter today, this entire Sens ownership process can be described with two words, bleep show. The stuff I've heard about how Ryan Reynolds was treated by the NHL is explosive. And if there's any truth to that, that would be extremely disappointing that the league somehow fumbled this thing. Or Because to this point, all we've heard is Ryan Reynolds and the Remington group asked for what seems like something pretty unreasonable. We want our own negotiating window. The heck with all the other bidders. Well, to me, that sounded kind of crazy to start with. That didn't seem fair. So they apparently bailed after that. 
But the Alan Walsh tweet seems to suggest that the league was jerking Ryan Reynolds around. Yeah, it's it it leaves questions. It it's it's come back to the same thing though, Steve. I want to see a thirty for thirty on this. Yeah, or I guess I guess with the NHL and their broadcast uh, holders rights holders, I guess it should be an E sixty. I, I want to see some sort of a documentary or a movie or something about the whole process. And, and the rumor was that Reynolds was was doing something was was in the middle of something, and it was all gonna it was gonna continue into the first season and be released as uh, as a documentary. I mean, just, Somebody's there's a book out there. There's a book for somebody to write. If and if people are willing to talk, it'll be quite the story. It'd be infuriating. Oh yeah, really infuriating to a lot of the fan base. If it was, uh, if they just flat out offended Ryan Reynolds and did something unreasonable. But at the same time, I'll say this: Alan Walsh might be like so many media people, so many fans, just speculating, just throwing stuff out there, hearing stuff from a source. Is it legitimate? I mean, did he hear that firsthand from... I don't know. I have no idea. But interesting stuff. Darren Drager put this out this week on TSN. He's at the Memorial Cup, and they get talking about Patrick Roy, who's doing quite well, by the way, with the Quebec Ramparts. They are in the Memorial Cup final. Instant direct line to the final on Sunday. And while talking about Patrick Roy, they started talking about he is, uh, you know, he wants to get back in the NHL at some point as a head coach. He's been out of it since I think it was about 2018, whenever Jared Bednar took over, maybe sooner than that. But uh, he was the Colorado Avalanche, won the Jack Adams and then missed the playoffs for two years and then gone. We'll get into that in a second. But Darren Drager put it out there that he believes there is one member of the ownership groups that remain in the mix for the Ottawa Senators that has some interest in Patrick Roy becoming the next head coach of the Ottawa Senators should his group win the bid. I was on Twitter. I put that out on Twitter and on the hockey news, thn.com backslash Ottawa. You can check that out. And when I did, I probably got a little more negativity than positivity out of it. And I wonder where you stand about the idea that Patrick Roy could be the next head coach of the Ottawa Senators. Well, we all know how I feel about the Montreal Canadiens, Steve. Uh, hate them with a passion. More than three putting for bogey. That's how much I hate the Montreal Canadiens. I have no interest <laughs> whatsoever in seeing Patrick Roy as the head coach of the Ottawa Senators. The only positive that I see that he brings is that he is bilingual. Other than that, I don't want I have. I want no part of this, not even remotely interested in this. No. no There's no strengths at all, in your opinion, as far as a coach goes? No. I have a feeling that Patrick Waugh is an old school coach. I have no empirical evidence. I've never spoken to anyone who played for him. I just have a feeling that he's an old school ranter, raver, yeller, screamer. I think somebody else does the tactical and the teaching uh, I, he's a motivator. I believe that Patrick Waugh is probably more of a motivator as a coach. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested. No, I, I don't think, judging by the way that his teams play, he's not what's required here either. You need somebody who's going to come in here and teach these guys a, a good defensive zone system and clean up some things. And I, I, I don't think he's the right guy. That's just my um, mildly informed opinion. <laughs> well, here are, the two, here are yeah. the two reasons I don't like it. Go. 
for one, you've got Pierre Dorian, who probably isn't into this because he had a chance at him in 2019. In fact, Patrick Roy was one of the most mentioned coaching candidates in 2019 for the Ottawa Senators before DJ Smith was hired. So he went through this process before. And back then, I think everybody's take on things was that Dorian probably wouldn't want to go with a head coach like Patrick Roy, who likely isn't going to stay in his lane. Because you recall, when he left Colorado, it was deep into the offseason. It was in August. He phones Joe Sackick, his former teammate, now his boss, and basically says, I'm out. And Joe Sackick put a positive spin on it with the media. And then Patrick Roy puts out a statement basically saying he didn't feel like he had enough influence on uh, player matters in terms of acquiring assets and things. And uh, that's why he was out, basically saying it's Joe Sackick's fault. He didn't give me enough, um, you know, enough say power. Exactly. And so if you're a GM around the NHL and you hear that from a head coach, how excited are you about that head coach? So that's one. And the other thing is, I do not want to quell the spirit of the Ottawa Senators right now. Like they right now are a group that loves each other. They come to the rink. They have fun. You need a coach who can balance that. I do think that the next coach could afford to maybe reel in things a little bit. Yep. But I think Patrick Roy would make it not fun to come to the rink. It wouldn't take long for that to occur. Just based on what the dynamic you see of the guy on the bench. He's so volatile. You've seen how fiery he is back there. And I think back to the Matt Duchesne thing. You think about when he scored his 30th goal, he celebrated. Even though Colorado was down 4 nothing late in the game with about three, four minutes left. Okay, that wasn't great. But it wasn't like he did the Dave Tiger Williams, you know, riding the broomstick the length of the ice kind of thing. It was like his hands went up and was probably maybe a little more than the circumstances uh, would dictate, but I didn't think it was that bad. And Patrick Waugh decided to publicly bury Duchesne afterward. So I just feel like it's it's just the wrong fit here. I think he gets back in the league somewhere, but I don't think it'll be, I don't think it should be here. And I could talk in a moment about why it still could happen here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Patrick Waugh would be the show. And I don't think that's right. Uh, I don't yeah. think it, you're right. It, his personality uh, does not fit this town. It uh, does not fit uh, historically the types of uh, people that have been the coach here. But I, I still go back to the fact that I don't think that his strengths as a coach mesh well with the group that he's going to be working with here. I just, yeah. Plus, he's a former Hab, so I'm immediately out. Anyway. Yeah, but no, it's just fine. We, we all let uh, emotions color a lot of decisions that are made in the world. And so I won't bury you for that. But yeah, Drager says, yeah, I don't one of the it. remaining ownership bidders. So which one? Duh. I think, one I think, think this, Steve? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where I was going next. I mean, who would be a big fan of hiring Patrick Dewar? Could it be the guy who was raised in Montreal and grew up a massive Habs fan and is apparently a 20% owner right now in the Montreal Canadiens. Could it be Michael Andlauer? I would say that would be your front runner if there is one of the bidders left uh, that uh, might be a Patrick Dewar fan. Uh, I, w- I would, you know, if, if I'm if I'm talking to Michael Andlauer, I'd say same thing I would to you about letting your heart dictate your decisions. Yeah. I think there's lots of reasons Patrick Dewar 
shouldn't be the next head coach of the Ottawa Senators. That has nothing to do with emotion, but uh, or at least exterior emotions. You've got emotions of <laughs> your own. A few. But uh, I certainly think that uh, there's lots of reasons why Patrick Waugh shouldn't be the head coach. And hopefully, if Andlauer does become the winning bidder, I would hope that uh, he makes a good decision based on logic and the right choice, the right fit, and not so much this was the guy I cheered for when I was in high school. How do you feel about uh, Nick Kiprios being a big part of uh, Stevie the Greek's bid there? Like, does that mean we're getting Nick Kiprios as the GM or the president or what's he's, he's been very quiet about things and he kind of, he sort of has to for a guy with a daily radio show. It's pretty difficult for him. Probably he's probably got scars all over his tongue when he wants to make comments on things on his show there that he does with Justin Bourne. But you know, what's his future role with an ownership group if uh, Stevie the Greek wins? Yeah, I have no idea what level of consulting he's doing for him. There is some connection there, apparently, so he says. And I have no reason not to believe him because Steve A, um, I don't I don't know what his NHL ties are. And so he probably needs someone to help him go through things. And I'm sure he's got other people other than Nick Kiprios. Kiprios can only go so far. It's not like he's been involved in all these ownership bids in the past, yeah. but uh, no, I have no, I have no idea what. Uh, yeah, it, we have a lot of bridges to cross before we decide. You know who each owner is going to be hiring as presidents or con- or whatever. Um, but I do know there's a lot of sure was a lot of people that were worried about it. I didn't realize Nick Kiprios had so many detractors on social media. There was so many people. Ah, if Nick Kiprios is involved, I'm not interested in that bid. Whoa, I, yeah, right. I. I'm nothing against Nick Caprios exactly, um, but sure, a lot of people do. Well, yeah, you, you, you're on TV every night for however many years he was uh, with the Rogers folks uh, doing games. Um, he was part of the purge there, right? When uh, McLean left and Shannon left, and eventually Bob McCowan, like there was a purge, and he was yeah. part of that. So, but he was on the air quite frequently, and you know what happens? Either people you got half the people love you, and half the people hate you. And that's probably where all that's coming from is that people didn't uh, didn't like him on TV so much. Doesn't has no effect, or it has no reflection. Has you have no knowledge of what he knows or doesn't know, or what he brings to the table, or how good or bad he'd be in a boardroom, or as a GM, or as a president. Who knows? But yeah. oh, wait a minute! I hated him on Hockey Night in Canada. We can't have him. So right. I, I get I get that part of it, but I'm just I, to me it goes back to the same old thing. I want somebody with experience. I don't want a name. Oh, uh, you know what? I'd be happy with a name, but I want a name with experience. That's what it comes down to. The coach, the GM, the president, the scouts, the whoever they're going to hire, whatever people they're going to bring in. I just want people who have experience. That's first and foremost on my list. Ian Mendez from The Athletic, good friend of the program, wrote on Twitter this week, it is my understanding based on multiple conversations with sources this week that the Kimmel family is likely no longer in the running to buy the Ottawa Senators. Although he does kind of play both sides a little. He says, I always leave room to be incorrect, but this is coming from a lot of credible people. Bruce Garriock immediately chimes in and says, based on his sources, that's not true. His source close to the Kimmel family said that's not accurate. And so do with that what you will. And most people are getting really weary of the back and forth and the this may be happening. Uh, which is the reason why we put the moratorium on this stuff, Steve. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but it's hard not to get yeah, snared into it. 
because we're all so hungry for Sens news in general in the summertime. And uh, this is pretty much uh, the only well that's open right now to drink from. Right. And when we, we return on the you know, hang on, and here we are, the Stanley Cup final starting tonight. You know, the NHL doesn't want this announcement coming out later. Like it better happen today. <laughs> that's where we're at, I think. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. That's another angle to the ownership thing that uh, lots of people are talking about how Gary Bettman would like to announce that in his State of the Union address. And uh, you're quite right. If it doesn't happen by tomorrow, it's probably not happening for at least two more weeks after that. Oh, can we take another two weeks of this? Good listener, can we? All right, we'll take a time out on the program. We'll regroup. ADSS Global is your trusted partner for all your accounting and financial management needs. Our team of certified Sage 300 experts will help you streamline your financial operations, optimize your cash flow, and improve your bottom line. We have the solutions. Hear what one of our satisfied customers has to say. The Algonquin Students Association has been with ADSS for over 10 years. Mark and his ADSS team are reliable and respond quickly to our requests and needs. Call ADSS Global today at 613-221-5950 or email mcashman at adssglobal.net. Introducing the future of driving with Ford Electric Vehicles now available at Jim K. Ford. Say goodbye to gas stations and hello to efficiency with electric power that delivers a smooth and silent ride. With advanced technology and smart features, you'll experience a whole new level of convenience and connectivity. And with Ford's commitment to sustainability, you'll also be doing your part for the planet. So come on down to Jim K. Ford today and test drive the future with Ford EVs or visit us online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Coming up in this segment, we want to talk a little bit about Pierre Dorian's media tour. He was bouncing around the city all over the place, a uh, bunch of podcasts, uh, radio all over the place. And uh, it's interesting timing when you're about to name a new owner that suddenly the GM is really, really out there. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> How about you? I don't know. I just, it is interesting that for a man who has been very quiet and uh, basically uh, does his best not to leak, let things get leaked out. Uh, it's been interesting that he's been out and about and talking a lot lately. And I, the, the one that struck me from his appearance on another radio station uh, here in Ottawa, I mean, they, they specifically asked him about, uh, about DJ Smith and, you know, have you made a decision? And his answer was, and I quote, like, have you made a decision? Here's the answer. Well, obviously, yes, I've made a decision. Once we get new ownership, I'll make my recommendation and we'll go from there. Like, right. wow, not exactly a, a huge vote of confidence. You know, I, in the past, uh, Pierre would have said, you know, DJ's my man. He's always my man. I, I believe in loyalty, yada, yada. He's my guy. I'm sticking with him. But instead, it's like, yeah, yeah I've made a decision. I'll let you know about it later. Like, there's there's something to be said for the for the whole idea of uh, once I've made a decision that the guy is gone, he's gone. You do it immediately. That was the story with, uh, with man in, in, uh, in Belleville. And I fully support that idea. If you've decided this guy's no longer the coach of you shouldn't be, it should no longer be your coach. Then you fire him immediately. Like you don't wait. So that's where I'm reading into this is that he, he doesn't intend to fire DJ Smith because it just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be right and I truly believe that he he's okay with DJ and he wants DJ back. I think that new ownership might have something different to say about both of their positions and both of their futures with this organization. Uh, but I, I'm sorry. I can't believe 
that Pierre Dorian has made a decision to fire DJ Smith, but is waiting for new ownership to do it. I, I can't believe that's the truth. Well, here's one reason he might be in that it is a pretty awful thing to have to fire someone that you probably consider a friend. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be shown the door in a week or two anyway, I, I would want assurances that I'm going to be part of this team moving forward before I'm going to burn a bridge with anybody. And that's effectively what's happening. You know, Pierre Dorian has the power to hire or fire or keep or fire DJ Smith. And if he's made the decision to fire him, why would he bother to do so until he knows for sure if he, Pierre Dorian, is going to be kept on after ownership arrives? Yeah, I guess it's like putting off, okay, yeah, I, I, he's got to go. But if I'm only going to get fired two weeks later, I really don't need to, to burn that bridge now. Yeah, I, I could see that point. I just think and, it's, and, and it's, it's negative wrong. too. It's like who wants to even live through that? Who wants to do that if they don't? If they they're don't not, if there's no benefit to you. Like I, if I'm the GM moving forward and I know that and I think this is the best thing, then great. But if it's you know, it's not my, it's not going to be my job anymore. I'm not going to be the GM of the Ottawa Senators moving forward. Then why would I want that unpleasantness? Why would I bother? No, I agree. But then at the, by the same token, why would you say yes? I've made a decision, right? Because like, maybe. Then, then everyone's to... everyone's going to know if the if the decision if the announcement comes out that he's fired, everyone's going to know that Pierre knew it two weeks ago or whatever. That just makes you look bad. You kept this guy dangling for two weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. I think oh. he's just trying to be gracious too. Like he really does try to be gracious when he when does his media appearances. I think he's trying to give them something. He doesn't want to be like no comment, no comment. You know, all the years I was working sports radio, you know, Pierre was really involved. He'd listen and, uh, he, yeah. you know, he was a guy who called in all the time. Even, even when he was like assistant GM or a scout, he was uh, always fun to talk to. And I think he likes the media angle of it. And he likes the guys behind the microphones. And I think he wants to give something and be gracious. So Ooh. I think it comes from that a little bit. So um, I, I would have a really hard time with that. I got to say, you know, trying to be upfront with people and how loaded everything you say could be you know you're trying to give an honest question and then you realize afterward oh well i just buried my yeah, i just buried my goalie in that clip or I, I whatever i did that it's just really really difficult to to pull that off you know particularly when english isn't even his first language he's, he's french right so true, true. i would have it i'm i'm completely unilingual i still muck it up in english yeah. and he did expand a little bit i mean they asked him about you know what that's like uh putting DJ in that sort of position. And he said, um, quote, it's a tough spot for everyone involved in this process. Uh, you're dealing with people's lives and you're dealing with good people. But at the same time, I've got an obligation to the organization and we'll see what comes in the next few weeks here, probably in the next two or three weeks with the ownership bid. From then, we'll make uh, decisions fairly quickly and go about our business. So I mean, he did acknowledge, as you just did, Know, the human element to it. And yeah, this, this guy would be, DJ would be a friend of his, somebody he's worked closely with for years and, and, uh, and would feel a kinship to him and, and some faith and some trust and loyalty and all that sort of stuff factors into it. I think this now meshes nicely into our next topic matter. And that's Kyle Dubas, who's the president of hockey operations now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was announced on Thursday. And I wonder if there's a bit of that at play for Kyle Dubas. I wonder if he's not still the Toronto Maple Leafs general manager, if he maybe wasn't trying to be too 
mm-hmm. gracious with the media and, and give them something speaking from an emotional place and all that. I wonder, I mean, I think there were tactics involved. I think he was, the things he was saying had, had an affiliation to his ongoing negotiations with the club. But at the same time, I think he was also trying to speak from the heart with, you know, people from a media perspective he's, he's worked with for five years. But uh, I, I honestly think there's no question that he kind of got himself fired in that news conference. Yeah, I think he, he he painted himself into a corner. And the way out of it was the line about, you know, it's either going to be here or it's probably going to be nowhere. And unfortunately, that that comment didn't age well. When <laughs> 14 no. days later, he's in Pittsburgh. I get that. But uh, yeah, I, I think he probably saw himself as a Maple Leaf and wanted to continue to be with the Leafs. And it just didn't come out right. You know, there's there was a there was a different way to say it, emphasizing different words. You know, if he'd said, look, folks, I'm I'm in Toronto or I'm nowhere. But that's not the way it came out. You know, it was much softer than that was the way he said it. But the point was he wanted to be in Toronto and he didn't quite make it emphatically enough, emphatic enough that uh, that it left Brendan Chanay with some doubts. And, uh, and boom, here you are. Now he's in Pittsburgh. I, I, I'm told that the um, the, deci- the deciding factor in Pittsburgh was that he wanted complete control over all hockey decisions. And that was sort of the stumbling block that, that prevented it from being announced even sooner. And that's why Frank Saravalli even announced that it wasn't going to happen. But then it, I guess uh, the Fenway group changed their mind. And yeah, he got uh, he's, he's fully in charge of all hockey matters. And that was part of the problem in Toronto was that he wasn't pleased with the the chain of, of uh, command when he wanted to make a decision. Things have to be done fairly quickly, but he would have to tell Shanahan. Shanahan would have to tell the board. The board would have to chat about it. The board would have to get back to Shanahan. Then Shanahan gets to Dubas, and they kind of prevented some things from being done expeditiously or as quickly as they needed to be done. And it kind of handcuffs a GM in some cases. So he wanted more control, and uh, now he's got it in Pittsburgh. Good for him. There's no shortage of talking heads in Toronto, Greg, that are calling the guy a fraud for that thing you just mentioned about, you know, am I going to be here or nowhere effectively, right? It's either Leafs or bust. And people are calling him a fraud because, well, you were obviously lying. I, I... I found that really offside. Like, I mean, yep. once you fire a guy, all bets are off. Exactly. You know, well, I don't know what they're talking about with the fraudulent thing. What you said while you still have a job and everything, that's one thing. But once you, you know, once you remove the job from a guy, what, what do you want him to do? Do you just want him to sit around? Well, I, sorry, everybody. I said it in a news conference, emotional after we got, we lost in six in the second round of the playoffs. I emotionally said it'll be Toronto or nowhere. And now that I've been fired by the Leafs, I guess I have to be true to my word and be unemployed for the next X amount of years. What are you, crazy? Yeah. No, fraudulent. Get away from that. No, no. And again, it's, it was because of the way it was said. Like, if he'd said it differently, I think he, you'd cut him a little more slack. But I think there are people looking at it that it was an, an emotional thing. It was almost like, read between the lines, and it's, hey, I I bleed blue and white. I, I want to be a Leaf. If I can't work for the Leafs, I, I don't know that I could go on. I, I I couldn't work anywhere else. You know, that's the way it came out. Right. But, yeah, you're right. The, the second, I have a job with this team, and this is where I want to be, and if it's not going to be here, it's it's going to be nowhere else. 
oh, wait a minute. You just fired me? Well, okay. Now I'm going to start changes around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Now I'm going to start shopping around. Like, come on, people. All right, that's that's break. stupid. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we got to hit break here. But before we do, real quick, um, scale of 1 to 10, disappointment level on the fact that Dubas didn't come here in some capacity versus going to the Pittsburgh Penguins, yet another team that sends fans hate. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a disappointment that neither Dubas nor Treliving is is here. I would have been happy with Brad Treliving. This is a guy professionally, quietly goes about his business and put together a hell of a team there at Winnipeg. And I, either one of them would have been great here. The the, the remaining list of candidates uh, doesn't impress me as much. Shania Twain. Nice. So you're Brad Pitt. <laughs> so things have been a little spicy for the Toronto Maple Leafs here in the last uh, couple of weeks. They fire Kyle Dubas as their general manager, and they bring in Brad Tree Living. And the reason I use spicy because I was thinking like a Boston pizza hot honey wing. A little spicy that way. Anyway. Anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. His dad is, of course, the uh, founder of Boston Pizza. Brad Tree Living, though, uh, Calgary Flames general manager for nine seasons. I like the guy. I certainly liked his news conference the other day as he's introduced his Toronto Maple Leafs GM. But the track record doesn't exactly inspire me if I'm a fan of the blue team in that he has two playoff series victories in his four years as a GM in the National Hockey League. What did you think of tree living as the choice? I'm good with it. I think I said earlier that it was in Winnipeg. Of course, he was in Calgary. I apologize. I knew that. Um, I, I'm good with the choice. Um, I, I, to me, the biggest plus out of the whole thing was that at his press conference, he didn't sit down and say, well, you know, I've got to take a month or two here and, and get to know people and figure out what's going on, how this is going to work. And No, no. He immediately acknowledged there's work to be done and he's ready to get to work and good, right? There's there's things that have to be done there. I think the big four are still going to be back. I don't think any of them are going anywhere. Um, and I think he'll find a way to to add to that lineup in the bottom six and maybe shore up the blue line a little. He's got a decision, make it goal. Wouldn't it be great if he buys out Matt Marie? That helps the Senators to the tune of about a million and a half, I think, of cap space for the Senators. So there are decisions to be made there in Toronto. This is an experienced guy who's been around for a long time and stepped right in and acknowledged that he's got work to do and he's going to get to work. Good for him. I don't know about the big four staying in Toronto. Oh, no. I mean, Matthews is going to be, I don't know what he's going to command, but it's uh, its going to be crazy. It's probably going to be the richest deal in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, he's eligible for a, an extension as of July 1st. And at some point, he's going to sign an extension or head to UFA or be traded, whatever it is. I just look at the what the Florida Panthers are doing here, just reminding everybody of what they were last year as President's Trophy champions, regular season so awesome last year. And then they had the most mediocre regular season, but man, were they ready on opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs? They make the Kachuk deal with Huberto and Weger going the other day, the other way. And in the regular season, they were, I think they were, I don't think they were even in the top 16 in the league. I think they were 17th place overall in the league. And here they are the best team in the playoffs so far. Um, that to me sets a template for what maybe Toronto and and it wouldn't surprise me if Ottawa might be dabbling in this a little bit as well. In that you have so much soft skill, 
You need a little more hard skill come playoff time. And even if it's going to cost you a little bit in the regular season, sometimes you have to make that sacrifice. And I feel like that might be something Tree Living is looking at because he was part of that Calgary exchange. And yeah. he saw it. He saw the difference that that made when Kachuk was gone from his lineup. What do you think? Uh, yeah, he, he, he if he's going to learn anything, and let's face it, uh, every piece of experience he, he's had is a learning experience. So he, he should have learned something from that deal. I, I think the biggest lesson to learn from Florida is that there was a general manager commending uh, Bill Zito who didn't like the makeup of his team and went out and made some changes. And that is how many times you got a team where they do nothing for years. You got a GM who says, oh, it's so hard to make a trade in the NHL these days. Salary cap, it's so difficult. Well, didn't seem to bother Florida. They they went ahead and made it made a couple of deals and and Calgary too like Treliving realized his team needed to change and he made some serious trade trades there last summer. Now some of it was forced upon him with Kachuk and and Goudreau, but changed tried to change the look of his team. Uh, if that's the assessment in Toronto, then that's the assessment that he's going to come up with. I just think it's going to be very difficult to get equal value for the big four. I'm not saying they're all going to be there forever. I'm just thinking that I don't think any of them are going to move this summer. I, I just I can't see it at this point in time. But uh, but yeah, he's a guy who's had experience, watched it, was part of the the resurrection of the Florida Panthers in, in a bit of a bad way. So that's a lesson that he can take and maybe apply to the Leafs now in this offseason. So much of this is randomness, too. When you're putting together a team as a GM, you can do absolutely everything perfectly and you still might not win. Because this just in, there's 32 teams, and there's only one that's going to win the Stanley Cup in two weeks. Um, the reality is, I don't know, whatever you, whatever number you want to choose, whether it's a half a dozen teams, whether it's 12 teams, there are a lot of phenomenal teams that with a bounce, the right call, uh, somebody getting hot at the right time, usually in the goal, um, you can win a Stanley Cup after doing absolutely nothing in the way of changes. Uh, so you also, my, my point, I guess I'm getting to is that you can't sort of just set aside the regular season as nothing. Cause it's really, really hard to get into the playoffs. And often I think that teams like the Leafs do freak out a little bit. Um, I know I've just, I've ad- advocated for them to make some, some tweaks, but even if you go back with that exact same lineup, you might win the Stanley cup next year. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. It's, it's Gary Bettman's parody NHL. Yeah, it's really anything can happen come playoff time. Uh, It's so like, how do you how do you even predict these things? Like it used to be easy. You'd look at a series and you'd say, okay, who has the better goaltending, the better coaching and the better special teams? That's probably the team that's going to win. Even that doesn't hold up anymore. There's just there's so many variables that come into that. You can get out goaltended. Your power play goes to crap for for a week and you're eliminated. You know, or you can't kill a penalty to save your life and you're out. And it just, it, there's so much more at play now than what is the right recipe. What's the right recipe of players, coaches, uh, system, tactics, uh, schedule, division, opponents that you play against? What is the right recipe? And, and it's, it's something different every year now. And with that, we shall take our leave, ladies and gentlemen. Greg, enjoy your weekend and we shall talk to you next week. For sure. Enjoy the game tonight, my friend. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. 
Check out our website today at SendsNationHockey.com.